This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. We're going to start a new series today. I want to give you just a few minutes of of the foundation of the whole series, and then we're going to come around to what we're doing today. It's going to be a little different. Today's the day we take just a moment, we focus on our, our, our middle school and our high school students, and, and we're going to be talking about some things that maybe uh, are relevant to all of our lives, but we're going to try to bring those down in a way to speak those to uh, our middle school and high school students also. So I want to bring you a series uh, that we're going to be doing for the next few weeks called Selfie. But again, remember today we're, we're specifically... Uh, focusing on our, our our young people. And then our young leaders do a great job with the worship this morning. Amen. They did an awesome job with that. Father, as we prepare today to take a dive into Your Word, Lord, I pray that You will speak to our hearts and, and God, that we will become what You want us to be. But we, we, we are hungry. Hungry for more of You. But we do declare that we are not forsaken, not for a minute, not for a moment. Lord, not even when we thought we had pushed you away, you never left us. And Father, you are calling us into your grace and your presence. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. About once a year, I try to come back around to this verse. It's one of those only t- the only verse I know of that I try to come back around to uh, at least once a year in a series. Luke chapter ten, verse number twenty-seven reads like this: The man answered, "You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul. That's the way you think, and all your strength and all your mind and." Love your neighbor as yourself. All right, let's just do a quick check on that. How many of us have that down pat? Okay, then we need to keep working. All right? So we need to keep working. So what we're going to be taking a a look in is, is how technology affects our lives over the next few weeks and how it's robbing us and, and what it's done uh, to us, okay? I mean, it's amazing where technology's come from uh, in just my lifespan. I, I remember my grandfather walking me in, and he said, son, and then the, it was in the living room there. My family had a home that predated the Civil War, and he took me into the living room there, and he said, I remember when I was a boy in the 1920s, and he said, I walked into this room, and a man pointed uh, to the wall, and he's, he, his name was Charles, and he said, Charles, uh, someday you're going to be able to walk right over there and push a button, and a light's going to come on. And he said, I thought to myself, this old man has lost his mind. But sure enough, he said, son, I live to see it. He said, you never know what's going to be accomplished in this life. And you will live to see great accomplishments. Now, I've seen many technological things happen in in my lifetime. How many remember uh, your first microwave? How many of you adults remember your first microwave? 
How many remember forgetting you couldn't put a fork in your first microwave? <laughs> yeah. All right. Several of us. And, and, and we had our first VCR. I mean, this, so you, how many of you don't know what a VCR even is? Okay. All right. A lot of young people are like, what's that? You know, we, and it was about the size of a suitcase and it, and it sat on side of the, the TV that was about the size of a small truck. Okay. And, and, you know, I, I, I remember when we used to sneak to the neighbor's house so we could see TV in color and repented the whole way because we didn't know if that was a sin or not to see TV in color. See, technology has changed a lot. But probably one of the most radical changes that have occurred uh, in technology is uh, when I was a boy, we had a thing called a party line. And we went from a party line to... To, from a, a, a rotary phone to a, a touch button phone, and we all end up with our own phones in our own home, and we didn't have to worry about the neighbor listening to our calls anymore. And we went from that to uh, this thing, and we thought we were the bomb because we had the bag phone. And from the bag phone, they went to that, I mean, like, I don't know, it was kind of like a walkie-talkie. How many, how, how many of you had one of those? Yeah. And then a radical change occurred, and it moved to the smartphone. And when it moved to the smartphone, it really changed so much about us. In many ways, it's a good thing. I, I really believe that, that the smartphone, as wonderful as it is, though, that many people nowadays depend more upon Siri than they do the Holy Spirit. Because we've learned to ask the question of whoever our our app or whatever that is, when we want to know anything. And I'm going to tell you, the smartphone has, has made me no smarter. And, it's, and I'm not smart enough to realize in the middle of an argument not to pull out my smartphone and prove that I'm right. She's shaking her head. He has not learned. And so we got this tool in our hand that when I finally got one, I was resistant for a while. And I said, what was I thinking? This, this changes everything. But with this came all of these things to maintain. And our life's busy enough. But if we weren't busy enough, we took something and we put it in our hands, we put it in our pocket, we wear it on our side, wherever you, you have your, your phone, and we allow it to zap even more time from our lives. And we're going to set up the series before we get to today's focus, but it zaps even more time. Some of you are texting me while I have my phone out. All right. Goodness, let a man preach. And here's the problem. When somebody texts, we are, we are like, boom. We're glued to it. It has become, you know, I watched one of my kids, one of my kids that can sleep through a sonic boom of an alarm clock. The other day, they had, uh, just the, the, I just heard just the lightest general buzz of a text, and they came up out of that bed like lightning. With a quiet little buzz. We've trained ourselves to always be leashed to these devices. You see, we send pictures to people that we wish were here. We can check on our investments. We can check our bank account. We can share money. We can even book a vacation to the mountains. Can I get an amen? If you've been in the last few series, you should have said a bigger amen to that. But as much as we love the convenience, we hate it. Because we've become too dependent upon it. You know how I realize how dependent I've become upon my smartphone? Uh, if we're watching a movie and, and, and it's to that scene that they're about, we know they're about to jump out or, or it's that, that, that 
that, that anxiety setting scene in the movie, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, it's the moment somebody jumps, you know, those kind of things. What I automatically do is I reach over and I take my phone and I start flipping through, scrolling through my, my feed because I'm trying to, to, and I realize, I said, I said, Don, you have exchanged one pacifier for another. Just wanting something to help relax me. Just wanting to help calm me down for just a moment. But the greatest probably hindrance that these have brought in our lives, where we're going to end up talking about to our young people, because when they get into middle school, particularly when they head into middle school, it's the cool thing, and they're all coming of age, and they're beginning to get their own social media accounts. And when we end up with our social media accounts, we find that we begin to measure our lives by how many followers we have. I mean, we want to believe we're more than the total number of likes that we receive on a post, but man, they're really important to us. And the more we focus on ourselves and how much response we get and how we look in something, we find ourselves becoming less and less satisfied with who we really are. You see, the more we are consumed with the things of the earth, watch this now, the emptier the earth makes us feel. Why? Because we were created for more. We were created for more. We were not created for earth. We were created for eternity. We were not created for likes. We were created for love. We were not created to draw attention to ourselves. We were created to bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We were not created to collect followers, but to follow Christ ourselves. So as I've been preparing for this, this time, dealing with what effect social media has upon our lives, I found a passage that I thought was very powerful. It's in Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 10. And it reads like this. Obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Watch this. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Can I turn that around a little bit and say, if pleasing people is your goal, you do not really desire to be Christ's servant because the two cannot go side by side. If you're pleasing Christ in your life, you're going to find that people will become uncomfortable with who you really are. If it's all about fitting in and, and moving to the back of, uh, of the crowd so nobody notices you, you're going to find that that will not cause you to stand out for Christ. And we were created to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and with all of our might. And we cannot do that when we're pursuing the like of the world. The only way that we will truly follow God with all that we are is when His love and His service becomes the greatest thing in our lives. Now let me talk to you about a trend that affects our young people. One of the trends on social media that's really seen a drastic re uh, reoccurrence, and it particularly is a focusing on our middle school students, is a, a trend 
That a new post is not a new trend, but it's a, post, a trending uh, post that's coming back aggressively right now. That the post will include these letters. T-B-H. Which simply means what? To be honest. To be honest. So a young person will make a post that says TBH. It's an attempt to rouse responses from friends and followers that either compliment the user or convey a message that would require some shred of honesty in response. So in a world that is spinning because, listen to me carefully, someone is trying to spin the truth narrative so there's just enough truth, but the slant doesn't give you anywhere safe to stand. Our young people, they are posting things through poses and filters to affect the truth we see because they are searching for some kind of particular answer. And so they're trying to twist the truth so they can get the answer they want without being truthful in the first place. Now think about that for a moment. TBH is referring to an example where you say, if you'll like my post, I'll say something honest to you. And we're so particular about the way we make these posts. And I was, I was blown away. You know what? Let me get some help. Pastor Dan, would you help me this morning? Pastor Kevin, come here. Just a minute. Amen. Amen. Let me, Pastor Mark, how long would it take you to get down from there? To be honest. Ooh, that was fast. He almost fell, but that was fast. So the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm one of our campuses. And I, I just want to, I'm so proud of the campus. They're doing a major outreach. We had, went between a couple of our campuses, we gave almost 800 backpacks to children this year. I'm so excited about that. Amen. And so... And so I was just taking pictures of some of them, you know. And, and so I said, I said, you know, uh, let me get some pictures. And so uh, I, let's just act like y'all were some of the ones working. Let, let's get some pictures. Let's get some pictures. I mean, uh, not, uh, this is, the, Danny, you're jumping the gun because you heard the sermon last time. But, but watch that. So this is how you do it. You, you know, the older people are just getting together and, you know, they're kind of like, you know, they, they were level Christians, bubble in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, Amen. And, and, and so... <laughs> And so, and so they were, they were, and I was, you better breathe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> be passing out. It won't be the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. So I was just taking pictures. And as I'm taking pictures, watch this. I took all these adults and they were like, oh yeah, you know, hey. And then I came to the young adults. And those young adults, are you ready? I, uh, this is how the young, I'm going to teach you how to take a, a selfie. All right, you ready for this? So y'all, no, 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 this doesn't work. You got to, you got to position yourself. You're not that far off, Pastor Michael. <laughs> you, I was like, would y'all mind if I get a picture with y'all? And, and they're like, they're like, oh, no problem. Hold on. <laughs> I'm serious, duck facing it all. I'm like, and they were sincere. I was like, are you done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, help me now, guys. I'm going to teach you how to. <laughs> All right. One more time. I'm going to. 
You know, <laughs> let me show you when you get real fat what you do. <laughs> All right. Let these guys know how proud we are of them. But here's the problem. We're teaching them how to turn a certain way and choose a certain filter and call that honesty. And then they're having the audacity to say, you be honest, even though I'm not. Can I tell you, you will never find truth until you walk in truth. Until you get honest in your life. And so, I got to thinking about this. Why in a world that young people are so desperate for real truths and the hard facts and we, we Google everything, we're looking for the answers, we want to find reality, why are we having so much trouble with a false truth? It's because a lot of people are afraid to be honest legitimately. So I've asked a couple of our young leaders to help me today. Because we need some legitimate, to be honest, if they join me now. Are they here? There they are. Uh, make them welcome as they come. We need some legitimate TBH moments. Um, my name's Andrew, and uh, this is not my first opportunity to speak, but those of you that have heard me speak know that I am not very long-winded. When you start talking about honesty, uh, that is something that I knew immediately what I wanted to talk about because it's something that I've had to deal with in myself and being honest with myself and with God. But um, I had this image that I tried to portray, and I was trying to portray myself as someone who is calm, cool, and collected, and this just this overall just funny guy, not a care in the world. Um, I could keep a smile on my face, and but in truth, you know, I was living a lie and I was also believing a lie at the same time. Um, I wasn't any of the things that I was pretending to be except for funny. I've always been funny. But I was really harboring this deep depression and it was one that took my joy for years. And I convinced myself that I should just try and tough it out and eventually it would pass. After all, you know, everyone gets sad sometimes, but it didn't pass. Um, and I kept it a secret out of a combination of not wanting to burden others and feeling as if my feelings weren't valid. After all, I grew up in a good home and had few, if any, troubles. So, I mean, what reason did I have to be sad about? It really boiled down to that I just felt worthless. And it made me fall away from my relationship with God and from everyone close to me until eventually I reached my lowest point. I remember the day very clearly where I just decided that there wasn't a point in carrying on and I was just at the end of my rope. Um, but something deep inside me just said to hold on. And I wasn't sure what it meant, honestly, at the time, but praise God that I listened. Um, it wasn't long after that that I found myself at youth camp. And it was there that I was able to get honest with not just God and the people around me, but with myself and realized that I couldn't, this was not something I could handle alone. And I needed a loving God to step in and breathe joy back into my life. I couldn't tell you every day has been a good day since then. It'd be a flat-out lie. There's still bad days. And I think that's where a lot of the trouble with this is, is because when you have a bad day, the enemy will come in and will tell you 
that since you're having a bad day, God doesn't love you, you should just give up again. What's the point? But I often find it reassuring to remind the enemy and myself that I have a God-given purpose and I won't be robbed of it again. This isn't just an issue that affects me, however. It's affecting many young people all across the nation. One source said that 20% of teens are affected by depression before they reach adulthood. Um, teen suicide is the third leading cause of death in youth um, from ages 10 to 24. And the source said that about every 100 minutes, a teen commits suicide. Um, the proof is there that this is a real issue. And I'm going to be honest with, with you, the youth, that you, this is, you have to get honest with yourself. And I understand the need to keep it cooped up. But if you look around you, there's plenty of youth leaders that would be willing to talk to you about this and listen. But more importantly than that, God does love you and you have a purpose in God. Um, and there's a, it's a very famous verse, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There is a God who loves you, and no matter what, and Jesus died for you on the cross. And if that doesn't speak for your worth and purpose, I don't know what will. Um, so to be honest, life has been so much better since I got honest. Hi. Hey. Um, so my name is Jordan, but I like to go by Joe because I try to be cool sometimes. Um, <laughs> so um, for a lot of people who don't know, my sister and I both have type 1 diabetes, so this is like where it all begins. Um, growing up, I would watch my sister struggle with her disease and hope that I would never get something like that. I would pray that God would just keep me healthy so that I wouldn't have to struggle the way that she did. But when I turned 10 years old, I was diagnosed too. This gave the enemy a place to plant depression in my life, and it became a very strong, very overwhelming thing for me. Fast forward a few years, um, one day I was at my grandparents' house, and I was all alone because my grandmother had gone to the grocery store, and I hear this truck driving down the road really quickly, and I saw that it. any time I hear a truck or something coming by, I always check the door to make sure no one's coming up, but he pulled into the driveway, and he like parked right in front of the walkway to where I couldn't get out, and he got out of his car was slamming his door and he started yelling at me about how he was going to take me with him and how I was in so much trouble and just crazy things for someone that you've never met to say to you. Um, so I immediately started to struggle with severe anxiety. Um, this situation affected me so badly I would sleep in my parents' floor almost every single night. I have slept on a couch for years and years. Um, just not being able to be alone because the enemy would just overwhelm me with the anxiety and just the fears of this man coming back and taking me. Um, so I started to hide my pain from everyone. I started to put on this fake smile, and little did everybody know that when I started to feel anxious or I started to feel depressed, I would self-harm. Um, my thought process and my justification for it was if my own body can turn against me and hurt me, why can't I hurt myself? What's so wrong with that? But quickly, I became addicted to it, and it became my every comfort had a bad day. I would just, it comforted me. So 
One day I went to, on June 24th, 2018, I went to the North Georgia Revival, and I remember thinking to myself, God, I can't do this anymore. I need you to set me free, or I don't know what's going to happen. I got in the water, and I had self-harmed for a little over eight years, and I've been completely free for a full year, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, God brought me out of the darkness, and he told me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and that I am loved by him. So some of you guys, my youth, may be struggling with situations that make you feel overwhelmed or like your life is falling apart. So I have three verses um, that I want to share with you so that you can remember how he's there for us. They're in the Passion Translation. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them. For God has made us more than conquerors, and his love is glorious victory over everything. Romans 8.37 Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in authority. Luke 10:19 And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139:14 It's time for you guys to get honest because this is a situation that you need God. Hello. I'm Destiny for those who don't know me. Um so I've been at Warhill for not as long as them, but I've been here for a little bit, so here I am. Um, all right, so my to be honest moment, moment TBH, um, through my like middle high school years, so like sophomore and junior year, um, I tried to portray the image that I had it all together, um, that I was an honest Christian who loved to worship and follow the Lord, but in truth, I was li- living an entirely different life full of lies, disrespect, and deceit. Um, I surrounded myself with people that weren't helping me live the image I was trying to portray. And with these people, I made poor decisions and engaged in activities that clouded my judgment and influenced the way I spoke and acted. Um, These decisions not only hurt me, but hurt my family and the relationship that I had with my caregivers. (laughs) Um, All of these decisions and activities also bled into the relationship that I had with someone I loved very much and helped fuel my desire to not walk in righteousness with him and not be honest in the actions that we engaged in. I was running from God and every truth that I knew while I was living in this big mess, um, this big lie that I lived day to day outside of church, all came crashing down during a phone call with this person and his drastic decision that left me shattered. Um, This event caused me to get honest with myself and helped me make a complete change in my life. However, um, I decided that running from God and being dishonest with how I was living was not going to help any of the pain go away. And I realized that my lies were only hurting me and um, that the situation that had occurred was only a result of all of my lies. Um, I remember laying in bed that night after everything happened, just crying out in pain and crying out to God saying, like, I can't do this without you. And I just remember he reached down and um, he pulled me out of the deep, dark pit that I had dug myself into. Um, And he picked up every single broken piece that I had left and he put every 
one of them back together. Um, he grew me and developed me in a dark place and matured me and helped me begin to walk in honesty and stand on his truth. Um, because of that, I decided throughout all of the mess <laughs> that I was not going to hang out with those people anymore, that I called friends who helped me lie and helped me live a dishonest life. I decided to never again engage in such activities and use substances that are not of God and that changed the way I spoke and acted. I decided that with the help of Jesus, I would always walk in purity and in righteousness. And it's because of him that I stand here strong saying that he will pick up every piece and he will put you back together and that you can stand firm on his rock because he is stronger. Good job. Let them all know one more time how thankful you are for their, their honesty. Thank you. Give me just a few moments while we're going to wrap this up. You should have received a card when you came through the door. Let me clarify as you're pulling that card out today. Um, so we have a young man who had it all together considering ending his own life. We have a young lady through going through a tragic, uh, a scary moment that made them feel such anxiety they didn't know how what normal life was. And of another young lady who, who is the sole witness to a suicide and, and it shatters her world. And the only way that we're going to make it through life is by getting honest about the pains that these type moments have caused us. And as we look around the room today, I mean, some of you really look like you have it all together. You're a great looking group of folks. But to be honest, there are percentage wise people in here who are here who were molested. People who were raped as adults, people who have been abused, robbed. In my own home, we were so robbed that, that and it's such a, a tragic situation that would follow that it would rob the joy of my home for for uh, almost a two year period as 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 that that robbery almost turned into a kidnapping. You got to understand that we all go through pains. Or when you are sitting at home and you're, you're, you know, you're trying to keep your children alive, having to hold them down and give them shots because they don't understand. But yet then you have to stand up here and preach that we're healed by his stripes. The reality is that, that what's going on in my life doesn't change the goodness of who he is. But here's the thing that you need to get. If you've been living a lie, God isn't fooled by your feed. I don't care what filters you've been running things through. God's not fooled by your feet. Back in the day, it was if you wore a cross, you know, they must be a Christian. Now it's if you post scriptures. You can look at the rest of the feed, and if the pictures on your feed show a lifestyle of opposite of Christ, it doesn't matter what scriptures you're posting on that feed. Listen to me carefully. God knows us and yet we are not forsaken for one minute. But you're going, you don't understand, Pastor. 
If you knew how bad I was, no, I'm telling you, God meets you right where you are and you are not forsaken. Psalms 139 sums this up probably best. It says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know what, he knows what? Everything about me. Don't you remember that word everything for a moment? You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You know everything about me even when I'm not living right. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know, watch this, what I'm going to say even before I say it. So you know everything about me even when I'm struggling and you know what I'm about to do. And yet, Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You've got me covered because not for a minute was I forsaken. You place your hand of blessing on my head. So even though you know everything about me, even when I'm struggling, even when you know what I'm about to do, you're still with me. You still love me. For such knowledge is too wonderful and too great for me to understand. I don't get it, God. You know everything about me. You know the things I've not been honest with myself about even. You know what I'm lying about and how how I'm deceiving others. But yet you... Do not stray from me, even when I stray from you. Lord, you bless me anyways, and your love is there to cover me. Now, I love this sermon every year because the young people help me write this sermon, and I want to give you this that they shared with me as we conclude today. As a matter of fact, why don't you stand with me in this place? So here's the reality. We, ha- we want to put forth this one image that we want to live but the reality is we're living another image, so we want to have this life, but we don't know how to get to that life. Watch this. This, is, this, I could, this blew my mind. I don't know how in the world I missed this. I don't know how I missed this all these years. Watch this. Here's what the young people shared with me. The Word says in John 14, 6, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now watch this. So we're talking about trying to get to the life that you really want. And the way that you're going to get to the life you want, watch this now, is I've got to start, how am I going to get where I want to get in life? Well, how am I going to get there? The way to the life I want must go through truth. Watch that. The way to life must pass through truth. If I want to get to a dream life, I've got to stop living a lie and let God clean me up and clean me out and let my feed change so that I begin to live the life He's called me to live. The way you're going to do that is to get honest with God. That card I gave you, I want you to take that card home with you. I want you to just take that card in your hand. You have it right there? Take it in your hand for just a second. And I want you to take it home with you and I want you to write what your to be honest moments is. This is what I need to deal with. This is the truth. This is what I've been lying about. And then I want you to say, okay, God, I'm going to get honest about this. And Lord, I'm trusting you to help me to get to the life that I could only dream of. Anxiety free. Pain free. Bondage free. Walking in victory. Because of honesty. The way. Truth. Bow your heads with me. God wants to help us get honest with ourselves and and then we will learn to get honest with others. 
My goodness, I'm not going to belabor this long. But to be honest, I need to know who in this place would say, Pastor, to be honest, there's some areas of my life that I've, I've been deceiving people in, and I want to confess that today. Let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Put those down right now. Oh, there's forgiveness at the foot of the cross. There's grace for you. The way you're going to get to the life in this simple sermon today is by getting honest. And that was step one. You just stepped on the way. And now we're going toward that life. One last question today, and this service is going to be over. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, to be honest, I have never really surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. You may have prayed a prayer. You might have even walked to the front of church. You might have even been baptized as a child. But to be honest, you are not serving Christ. And today, you want to start moving toward the true eternal life that only comes by getting honest with Christ and saying, I need Jesus to be my Savior. If that's you, this is that moment. This is that day. I want to see your hand right where you are. Would you hold your hand up as well? This is it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Are there others? Thank you that would join with these seven. Are there others? This is it. This is your moment. Eight. This is your day. This is your day. Are there others that would join with these eight? This is it. All right, put those hands down. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, so we we have to believe the truth and confess the truth, then we are born again. I feel that in my heart and my soul today. Let me say it again. We must confess the truth and believe the truth that Jesus died for us and now he lives forevermore. And then we are born again. Help me pray that prayer of salvation with Eve and I'm going to pray for all in this service's conclusion. All of you lift your voice across this place. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I repent of my sins. I give you my past, my present, and my future. From this moment forward, I accept your grace. I declare Jesus died for me, but now he lives forevermore. And now, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that prayed that for the very first time today. Father, for those that maybe prayed it as a point of rededication, maybe those that are watching or listening that prayed that prayer, God, I thank you that every bondage of the enemy is falling off of them. And for all that are present here who would say, Lord, I declare that there are areas that I have been unhonest with with, with myself and with others dishonest, but now in the name of Jesus Christ, through the truth, I shall be free, for the, the truth shall set me free in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your favor on our young people as they go back to school. And I thank you, Lord, that the honest truth is you go before them and you prepare their way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, come on. Give God a praise today. Amen. Amen. God is so good. He's so good. God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget about Wednesday night here. God bless you. Amen. 
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.